I mean, I hate to say it, but if you had a pulse and a decent credit score, you didn't show any documentation. And, I, and you know, back uh, there was a time that um, a client here in Christiansburg, um, I closed a loan from application to the day they signed the paper in 17 hours. <laughs> wow. I Man. can't do that today. Give me some of that. <laughs> So, Dave, for the for those again that don't know you, maybe uh, just tell them a bit of, about who you are and what you do, and and uh, just introduce yourself, pretty much. So, um, I mean, uh, my name is Dave Sheeler. I'm the branch manager here at Embrace Home Loans down here in Blacksburg. I oversee four offices um, here in southwestern Virginia, here Roanoke, Smith Mountain Lake, and we have an office over in Christiansburg. <clears throat> and uh, what we do is we're a full service mortgage company. Um, anything pretty much that's uh, got a mortgage tied to it or associated with it is something that we can help people with. We do, you know, residential housing. We do um, uh, investment properties, uh, one to four units, um, manufactured housing, condominiums, second homes. So if you're looking for, if you're looking for a loan for real estate, that's what you, that's what you're up to. We'd be a good place to start. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can't hit everybody. Honestly, if you come to me, if you come to me for real estate service, the first person I'm going to try to introduce you to is Dave. Dave is my my first the first name that comes out of my mouth. If if you're talking about going to see a home, is are you pre-approved? And if you say no, then I introduce you to Dave. That's you know that's my relationship with Dave, and that's why he's here. We're gonna we're really just going to dive into some some things that are going on here in the world. You know what the what the real estate outlook is going to be for 2021. What mm-hmm. what is happening here locally that we care about, and we want people to just know how we feel about it. Um, so, Dave, what's your 2021 outlook? How do you feel about the mortgage business? How do you feel about the real estate business in general? And um, give us give us your take on that. Yeah, absolutely. Can you, get, can you bring the mic just a little bit closer? Um, absolutely. So, <clears throat> you know, 20, 2020 was uh, a phenomenal year. Um, our, uh, my, my region, our offices here, we did uh, just over $102 million in 2020. Wow. Um, closed almost 575 units between, uh, between the offices. So, um, that's spectacular. It, it was, it was, it was a phenomenal year for sure. The, um, kind of the thing about it though is unlike past years, um, interest rates have been historically continued to be historically low, yeah. right? Um, so we saw a lot of refinance business that complemented the purchase business. Sure. So those are tallied up in your numbers. Those are tallied up in our numbers. Yeah. So um, we were still a very heavy, heavy driven uh, purchase company. Yeah. Um, my area here, typically in the past years, it's been about 84% is purchase business. Um, last year, we were right about 69% purchase business. So mm-hmm. still a pretty strong pretty strong market. But where I'm going with that, Scott, is um, inventory levels continue, right, to be just really, really challenged. Razor in our, thin. In our Razor areas. thin. So what we saw was a lot of folks that um, maybe contemplated coming out to market. Um, but before they made that decision to list their property, they kind of did some research mm-hmm. and discovered that maybe 
they just couldn't find something that would complement their move, yeah, right? And, and maybe they were fearful of COVID. And fearful and, of COVID. And they were just taking advantage of the opportunity to get in a little bit lower than, than I mean, it's like historically low, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, today, you know, uh, I mean, you know, interest rates over the last 180 days, um, government money, I've had, uh, I've been able to quote under two. What? On a, on a, on some VA and FHA financing. Wow. And conventional terms, you know, before I walked out of here, you know, with no discount points or anything, um, I was locking in purchase business on a conventional, 30-year conventional at two and two and five-eighths, two and three-quarters. Wow. Wow. That's just unbelievable. It really is. And it's been that way pretty much the entire year of, tw- of 2020. Do you think that's government stimulus in action? Like, do you think that they're – their monetary policy is just going to, you know, because of COVID, just drop the floor out of rates to to encourage people to refinance and to encourage people to make purchases. And do you think that has something to do with the the financial policies? I, I think it has something to do probably with the financial policies. But I think more importantly, I think our federal government is, is they're unsure of what's going to happen mm. in the future. Probably, I would say the last, you know, two, three, and it's not party specific. Mm. I would say the last two, three, four, even five years, um, there's been just this level of uncertainty, um, maybe a lack of trust. Mm. Definitely a lack of trust. And um, I think the federal government has really done some things to try to keep that stimulus outside of just doling out money yeah um and housing is probably one of the larger areas that they can you know try to help and make sure things kind of stay on track yeah so um they should be pretty dialed in on how to do that i mean mean, given the crisis given the crisis in 08 you would think that they would know how to keep housing uh above water yeah you know so covid really brought some uh presented some some uh some similar 2008-2009 challenges, yeah, but different, yeah, right. So you know, 2008-2009, we had the housing bust where you had, you know, I mean, uh, tell me if I'm right. Tell me if in 08 and 09 you were giving loans to people that you weren't verifying incomes that could have never and should have never afforded to buy the house. Today, people have just lost their job. Right. So there's two different things. It's one, the, the in 08, the person never should have qualified to begin with because they didn't make enough money. Today, they made enough money, but the, the, the coronavirus took them down. And now the government can step in and help them survive the mortgage, right. you know? So, and that's the similarities and the differences. So, you know, 2008, 2009, you know, Wall Street created these products that put it out to the originators and the companies to do. Yeah. And basically, if you, um, uh, I mean, I hate to say it, but if you had a pulse and a decent credit score, you didn't show any documentation. And, uh, and you know, back, uh, there was a time that um, a client here in Christiansburg, um, I closed a loan from application to the day they signed the paper in 17 hours. <laughs> wow. I can't Man. do that today. Give me some of that. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that today. <laughs> But I talked to the, I talked to the husband and wife at uh, you know nine thirty ten o'clock on a Tuesday, 
And uh, we were signing paper, the loan package, uh, Wednesday at 4 o'clock at the attorney's office. Wow. Now, of course, that's, that can't happen today. But, you know, back to what I was going to say, Wall Street, you know, back in 2008, 2009, created these products. But you could just, you know, if you didn't have anything, you didn't have to show anything. And it was, um, you know, the company I was with, uh, we called it the Fast and Easy Program. Mm. Um, Truly. It was. But uh, what ended up happening, of course, and if, if you've seen that movie, The Big Short, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, Wall Street created these buckets of products, but then those same Wall Street executives and companies created a reinsurance entity. And they bet against the viability of the products that they were selling, that we were selling. Mm. So they won on both sides. Mm. When the when they we did the mortgage, no documentation, 100% down, it was it was guaranteed. And then the insurance company that these guys created guaranteed that this thing was going to loss. So they got paid when the when the money failed. Mm. So today, nobody you know, went to jail either. Unbelievable. Very few people. <laughs> like one guy. I think one guy, <laughs> and he he was a scapegoat. Yeah. Um, uh, but I mean, there's been there's been some other folks. You know, the the there was a there was a mortgage company and a mortgage servicer out there that, um, he uh, he took he just about took down Deutsche Bank. It mm. was um, uh, back in the 2008 2009 crisis. So, but so so um, if someone's in a home now. Mm-hmm. They've still got their jobs. They've still got everything, and they're evaluating their situation. What what would qualify them to consider refinance? So, like, like what would it make sense for them to do? Because there's going to be closing costs. There's going to be cost of doing it. There are. What's what has to happen? What needs to be the benefit that they're going to get to go through the closing costs and then rolling it out back to the thirty year term or or whatever they do to pretty much restart that loan. So when I look at, there's a lot of variables, Scott. So when I look at someone that wants to refinance, you know, if they've been in their property for five years and they're a 30-year note, I might look at doing a 25-year note. So I don't add back that additional five years. Sure. Right? And then the other thing, too, is you want to you wanna see what the purpose is, what, what they're trying to get out of it. Right now, you know, two and three quarters, three, three and an eight, three and a quarter, if last year... I was doing 30-year fixed at four and a quarter, four and a half, four and three quarters. So it makes a lot of sense. If you can save a point, it's something for you to go talk to your to your mortgage person about and see if you know there's a benefit there. The other thing too is, I mean, you know, I mean, education, for example. If you've got kids that are in high school that might be going to college, and you've not had the ability to put together, you know, a college fund mm-hmm. or you don't have the resources and you would like to try to maybe help them and not necessarily have $100,000 in student loan debt, which is a whole nother crisis similar yeah. to the mortgage crisis yeah. that's coming. Yeah. It's um, like uh, I think Robert Kiyosaki's saying the everything crisis. It is the everything crisis. Yeah. It is insane the amount of student loan debt the United States has. Yeah students that kids have yeah so you could you might want to if you had forty thousand dollars of equity and you wanted to help your son or daughter go to college rather than six and a half or seven percent through sally or nail net or yeah. somebody else and you can get two and three quarters borrow two and three quarters for 30 years it's fixed and you've accomplished you know help accomplish your your child's education yeah i think i think um you know that's a another topic for another show, but the parent and the child need to sit down and be like, you know, 
what are you going to be doing? What's the end game? Like, this is a business decision. This isn't, this isn't four years of vacation. You know, even though you get to enjoy some freedom from me, yeah. like you got to have a plan to go do this. Let me ask you something, Scott. Yeah. So you're in the real estate business and, uh, you got a house that you just listed yeah. and you know, there's stuff that has to be done to it. How quickly can you get somebody in there to fix it? Pretty quick. Yeah. Tradespeople, well, plumbers. Uh, I just got a tight network. So, so Rangers. there is a, there's a big demand of that. So yeah. if there was people that, that seen that need and had that passion, yeah. we need tradespeople for sure. Badly. And, and the, the fact of the matter is, is if, if they just did what they said that they were going to do, they showed up on time and they said, please and thank you, they would dominate. Yeah. They would dominate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, an, an electrician journeyman, a plumber journeyman, yeah. an apprentice, if they were to go out here, I mean, I swear they can write their own ticket. Yeah. I mean, they really can write their own ticket. I know we have had trouble. My wife and I have had difficulty finding reliable, timely not, and I'm not even going to say reasonable. We'll take the reasonable cost aspect of it out of it. Yeah. I'm finding people to show up and people to do the work. Yeah. I mean, they're they're far and few between. That's what I'm saying. Is if you did the basics, if yeah. you if you got into that uh, trade that you were passionate about, electricity, plumbing, construction, whatever. If you just did the basics, you you did what you said you were going to do. You showed up when you said you were going to show up, and you said please and thank you. You would own the town. You would. You would own the town. So I, I, encouragement. I hope that's encouragement for somebody that, that might stumble upon this video here in the New River Valley. It's time to get some of that vocational education back. Absolutely. You know, for sure. You don't have to have a four-year degree to make $150,000 a year, Yeah. especially in our market. Right. Yeah. So. All right, let's let's dive into some of these these issues going on here in our in our beloved Blacksburg. All right, um, you know we've been a part of the conversation on Facebook about how we felt about the Midtown special tax. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a I'm a consumer of Midtown. I'd like to move my business to Midtown. I'd like to live in Midtown. I'd like to really be what they hope to be that brand live midtown yeah. but when it comes to having to pay a tax rate like i was you know a two million dollar it was a two million dollar home mm -hmm. you know it feels a little robbery it feels like it feels like they're 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 coming a little bit hard in in a way that didn't require a lot of work or a lot of thought and i was just wondering what you thought about that whole scenario and and what you know, you've outlined some proposals and some ideas about what they could have done. What are those ideas? So I love everything about Midtown. Yeah. And, you know, that site has been, what, 15 or more years vacant. Yeah. And, you know, the people that are are heading that thing up and developing that thing up is, uh, you know. Top notch. Top notch. I mean, more power to them. Yeah. I mean, they're, and they're, they're, they're great. They're local. They're great local people. Um, anyway, aside from that. I, I, that, what's going in over there is not just a midtown community yeah. location or center, right? Right. Um, this thing, when it's finished, is going to be something for the entire town to enjoy. Yeah. From the parking garage that's going in 
Um, the law enforcement, there's going to be supposedly a new police department building is going to be over there. I think there was some chatter back and forth about a new library going in over there. And then, of course, you've got, you know, the Midtown aspect of it, the retail, the housing, the amphitheater, the green space. That's not Midtown specific. So that's not if Scott Bunn were buying a place that doesn't mean Dave can't come in there and walk yeah. around. That's where Brudu's going to go. That's where that's where all these festivals they want to bring these festivals in. They want they want people traveling from outside of the Blacksburg community into Blacksburg to enjoy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you buy a place in Midtown, or let's just go back, if you were looking at a home in Midtown, and hypothetically the exact same house was across the street on Ehart, on the same street. You're going to pay 25 cents per $100 more to live on the left side of the street as you would on the right side of the street. Yeah. Okay. So I don't understand why we would want to simply tax a four-corner, one-block area when it's something that the entire town of Blacksburg would be able to enjoy. My philosophy is, I mean— you know, it, and nobody likes taxes, right? But if we, if if there were things that the town needed to put money into, for example, that parking garage, I think is kind of where the crux is, right? Yeah. Um, then do a five percent, a five cent tax or a three cent tax increase to the tax rate for everybody. Yeah. Not just assess a twenty-five cent. Or thirty cent, whatever it is, what, just for Midtown. I think you had an idea where it might not even require a tax rate increase at all. Like, what was do a bond referendum? Uh, so, so that's that's just some sort of loan from the government, right? Um, so the town, you know, would have they could probably go similar to what they had on that property before, where there was um, some VDOT money that was part of that was given to them for part of the parking area over there, and then that was a whole big to do, and it was who's going to pay the I understand. Who's going to pay that money back, back and forth? But yeah. I think there are other ways that they that the town could have approached this and worked with the developer and the builder over there as to generate the revenue that they might need here's for the my, shortfall. Here's my fear: is that they want to claim they want to claim that they're going to eliminate that tax when the parking garage is paid off. It'll be interesting to see if that happens. Now, when in history have they ever put a tax on somebody? And then, oh, okay, we don't need that anymore, and gotten rid of it. I don't. I, I mean, I don't, I I know, I've, I've only been. Let's just be honest. I've only been super aware of things like this for maybe the last five years of my life. You know, so I'm not really on top of like. But what I've observed in five years is like once they tax you, you're probably not going to get the money back. You're not going to. They're not. They're going to find other reasons. Oh well, we need to do this. Oh, this came up. Oh, well, that came up. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's just never going to end. You know. Well, I mean, you know, y- y- you hope that it would. Yeah. Right. I, and I'm. I, and you know, for the majority of my life, I've been very optimistic, and everybody's just going to do the right thing. And 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 you're a great person until you tell me otherwise. But now I'm kind of getting to the point where, even with my local government, I'm like, uh, what are you trying to pull here? Yeah. You know, what is this? What are you doing to us? Like, and especially as I've been on the, the board of my local association myself, you know, and I see how nothing changes quickly. Right. And, and there's so much 
political agenda and and there's just there's just people that don't want things to change and then there's one and, and I've been one of them I've been one in, in my association I want change rapidly sure you know so there's like and this big big tug of war going on right. so um, my fear is that there's not enough tug of war going on in this council and they're all leaning one way and there's nobody thinking differently it's all almost unanimous decisions well you know 2021 is the year that if we have folks that are interested can make some start making the change because i think there are two people that are coming that are up for re-election gotcha um i think it's uh you know representative bush and um uh i can't remember her name now uh susan mattingly i think okay so you know if folks are interested that'll be in the uh, gubernatorial I think it's in November, yeah. I think it's in November. So, um, I've I've always wanted this platform to be something where people can, you know, hear us talking about things, and maybe they get more informed and and more energized about it. So, you know, I would love for somebody that is a little bit more on the conservative side to be a proponent of stand up to somebody that's currently on this and and challenge them. Yeah, you know, because you know. I love the quote where it says, "If if everyone's thinking the same, then no one's thinking." And that's right. You know, that's the truth. And and listen, you know. So I mean, I'm not saying, and these these are my opinions, right? Yeah. They're they're not. They're but, not. But the so here's the thing: you're a resident of the town. I, I am. I, I'm a I'm a future hopeful resident of the town. I already run my business in this town. Like we care, we care about this. These are these are topics people need to step up and 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 care about or it's just going to keep happening you know i just you know back on that topic i mean i just you know and perhaps they vetted and they they had the conversation they discussed it and there were no other options you know what i mean if that's the case i get it right but right off right at the very you know right off the cuff there is another option rather than just assessing this you know, 100% tax to the town, right? Yeah. It's a it's 100% increase on the town tax for this area. So basically, they took a marker and they just drew a big circle around Midtown and said, if you live here, you're going to pay an extra 25 cents per $100, right? right? Um, spread that out over the whole town. You know, a two cent, could you not have achieved the same result that you needed for if you've got a shortfall for the for whatever you've invested in this area, in the Midtown area? Yeah. Could you not have made that up for a two cent tax or a three cent tax yeah. to everybody rather than just saying you're going to buy here, you're going to pay an extra 25 cents per hundred dollars. It's just it's just not right. So in my opinion. So we we take a stand ethically when we see redlining happen. Right. Like, yeah. you know, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, what does redlining even mean? I mean, so redlining was established back in the in the 30s yeah. and it was. um it was established by the federal government because entities, government agencies, et cetera, government folks were literally taking a pen and they were drawing a circle around areas and subdivisions. And if it was, you know, uh, a minority subdivision or if it was a uh, economically challenged, a poorer subdivision, then in essence what was happening is um, you either wouldn't do business in that area or you might charge differently rates or fees to do business with those individuals in those areas, okay? Yeah. So, you know, the federal government said, hey, this is a problem, right? And it is a problem. I mean, yeah. that's just, you know, it's a problem. 
So it used to be legal to act in business that way, and now it's not. Yeah. You can't do that. So, again, my opinion, what's happened with Midtown is it's a reverse red line. So, I mean, we know that the property's in there from, I think, one of your previous individuals, the build, one of the builders you interviewed. Yeah. That Eagle was Construction. Eagle Construction. Yeah. I mean, they're starting at those townhouses, I think, at five or 600000 Yeah. So now, instead of hitting, you know, folks in less fortunate, now they're going after folks that have really worked hard yeah. for their what they have. Yeah. And they're going to assess them and, you know, hit them for an extra 25 cents per $100 just because... They can afford be, it. Just because they can afford it, just yeah. because they make the they money. Won't, they won't miss it at all. They won't... They yeah, won't. I think somebody actually said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, think there was a council person that actually said that. Yeah. Um, but that's still not right. Exactly. You know, I mean... And here's the thing is a guy, an ambitious guy like myself that wants to get in there that that is probably going to be on the, like, you know, when I'm coming in, 600000 mm-hmm. that's a big that's a big ticket for me. Yeah. I don't care what I'm doing sales volume-wise. I'm a single guy right. trying to trying to create this business and, and, and go through the pain of being, you know, what I want in life and getting what I want in life. And that's another pain. That's a that's an extreme pain when when they're taxing me at the same rate as if I went and bought a two million dollar property right. versus I'm buying a six hundred thousand dollar property basic, yeah. you know. I want to be in Midtown. They're taking advantage of me wanting to be in Midtown, thinking that that I won't miss that extra money when I actually could hire somebody. I could I could take that money and do all kinds of different things. Philanthropy. I could I could do all kinds of different stuff with that to help me grow instead of handing my tax money away for, for a parking garage that they could have funded in a different way. Right. So. No, I agree. Yeah. And this is, this is a great transition into the gun thing that we were going to talk about. Um, because, you know, Blacksburg's trying to, you know, put a gun, you know, they're trying to legislate gun, uh, ban through, uh, government buildings and public spaces and I'm sure they've got Midtown in mind. So me, Pro 2A, walks out of my house at Midtown into a zone that makes me an instant criminal. Right. Like, I want to read this article. You know, I had planned on reading some news here with you and then just reacting. So I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this article from Roanoke Times um, that was dated, let's see, when the, December 2nd. Um, Blacksburg Town Council is set to act on proposed ordinance to ban the carrying of firearms inside public buildings and on streets being used for festivals, among other places. If passed, the ordinance would make Blacksburg one of just a handful Virginia locations that have taken such action, something that localities can now do based on local option measures passed by the General Assembly early this year that took effect in July. The council could take a vote on the matter at its January 12th meeting. Other localities have approved the measure are Fairfax, Arlington counties, and the cities of Charlottesville and Falls Church. I think this just makes common sense, said the Blacksburg mayor, uh, Leslie Hager-Smith. There are already uh, prohibitions in courthouses and in schools. This just adds a few more public spaces. It's certainly something our residents have asked for over and over again. Prior to the new law, Roanoke City Council had for years asked the General Assembly to give it the authority to bar certain loaded weapons in City Hall. 
The city in 2016 unsuccessfully sought an outright gun ban. While Roanoke has yet to introduce a new ordinance on the matter, the city in in its 2020 legislation agenda including included a request for the law that gives local governments an authority to ban firearms in public buildings. The Roanoke City Council had also previously made that request. Now, I just my blood boils when I hear that these people want to infringe on something that should be unalienable, an unalienable right of being born in th- this country and protected by the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Is, is is absolutely ridiculous mm-hmm. in my opinion. You agree? I do. I mean, ex-military guy. Um, I just can't imagine anybody doesn't see how like they just keep moving the bar and keep moving the bar and all of a sudden you're a criminal for just carrying. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's 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 um you know, I have I have I take issue with that. <clears throat> um you know, if uh I don't think that you have to have an ordinance. I don't think you have to have legislation to be respectful on both ends. You're your gun carrier, as well as the location that prefers you not to bring that firearm into the building, right? Yeah. Um, it's very clear if in, in the United States, if you sign the building, then and no firearms allowed, then you have statutorily done your right and put everybody on notice not to bring your, your firearm into the, into the building. Yeah. I got no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah. What I do have an issue with, I think you do as well, if I'm walking downtown and let's just say I've, you know, you've got a, you're carrying or if I'm carrying and it's concealed and I'm legal and you're legal, if you do, and you go in through stepping out, you, as you've indicated, is, are an, a criminal. I'm a, I'm a class one misdemeanor away if for some reason, see, here's the thing. Yeah. If, if, uh, if something does go down and I'm there saving the day, and they realize I saved the day, I'm now, I, they can still charge me. They're going to charge me a class one misdemeanor if they want to. Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't think they're back in, I think, I think it's really about moral high ground and like comfy, feely, like feel goodies mm-hmm. and not so much of stats, probability, and statistics. Well, a couple of weeks ago, it have been three weeks ago, myself and a good friend of mine, Jason Massey, we went to the town council meeting and we expressed our concerns about this particular ordinance. The town attorney, of course, he made some comments about, you know, what where the drive was and the recommendations. And he didn't even actually make recommendations. I take that back. Mr. Spencer didn't make recommendations. He brought it to the council's attention that this was something that could be done, right? And I asked specifically to the mayor and the council people. What has happened in the town limits over the last 10 years that has caused someone to be uneasy of a uh, uh, person, concealed person or something walking down the street? I mean, what has happened? I mean, we've had, you know, we're un- not unlike other small town areas. I mean, there have been incidents, but a lot of that can be attributed, I think, my opinion, to media. You know, when the media kind of gets their teeth into something, it just you just see about it for 
weeks, yeah. right? Um, I mean, you know, I'm a little bit older than you are. I remember going to high school, and I'd pull up, and there'd be, you know, 75 pickup trucks with shotguns in the windows at the school at the high school. Yep. Right. I mean, now if you've got a pocket knife that's got a blade longer than an inch, you're expelled for whatever, right? Yeah. Um, so they couldn't answer, back to what I was saying, they couldn't answer why it was other than, in their opinions, it was what the community wanted. Well, so where did that come from? The, I mean, the, how did the community know about this and say this is what we want? The quote of, it's certainly something our residents have asked for over and over again. I am calling BS on that. Yeah, I, I've, I, put it, I don't know where put, it is. Don't let, how many people, nine people, stroke a pen, put it to a vote. Yeah. If you're going to change the Constitution, put it to a vote. You know, well, put if it, you, put if it you're on gonna, If you're going to put, yeah, if you're going to put that ordinance in play, then absolutely. I mean, put it to vote. Let the, let the, let, truly let the town, the people that you represent as a council person. A fair a fair and honest vote on an issue like this, I can accept the results of, because yeah. at some point it can be rebrought up and revoted on. Yeah. You know, and like I said, the dynamic of the council at its current state is scary, just because there's nobody with any other perspective. You know, there's this is a unanimous thing, and what Blacksburg Council don't, does not understand, in my opinion, is that they lead the New River Valley. They set what's acceptable for everybody else. Even in this article, uh, they have a Christiansburg Town Council saying, you know, Blacksburg has got it right. <laughs> they, they're thinking the right way. <laughs> no, they're not. In my opinion, uh, don't infringe on the Second Amendment. It's not your place. And in this community right now, there's no demand. And it feels like they're hiding behind the mask of COVID to get it done. Because they don't, they know that nobody's going to show up in big opposition. There were, um, I think, seven people, eight people at that council meeting that I went to a couple, two, three weeks ago. Yeah, remember when we were in there for Midtown? Yeah. The place was packed. Yeah, had people out in the out in the lobby area. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and it would be the same way, and but everybody's afraid. Well, listen, this thing comes to vote next Tuesday. Yeah. So, you know, I guess if, I guess I got to put my mask on. You know, if, and, and go. Yep. If you, um, you know, however you lean, right? If if you support this, and that's the greatest thing about our country, right? Yeah. Is we can all agree to disagree. Yeah. And we each go home, turn the, you know, if you lock your door, you go home, you lock your door and you go to bed. Me, I mean, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, yeah. you know? And I feel comfortable and I feel safe. Yeah. And I don't need this particular ordinance for me to feel you know, safe or otherwise. Right. I really feel safe in, in my town, Yeah. you know, and, um, and, and I do call, I mean, I've lived in Blacksburg for 18, 19 years now, and I call Blacksburg home. I mean, this well, is, Hey, I've never, I've never lived in Blacksburg, but when I travel, I tell everybody I'm from Blacksburg, Yeah. you know, I mean, and I love Blacksburg. Yeah. I mean, I worked in Blacksburg my whole life, starting at the country club, I've 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 adopted Blacksburg even as a Christiansburg guy. Right? You yeah. know, my wife she she received something a couple three or four years ago or two years ago. I don't remember when it was. It, some one of her coworkers had bought it from Sugar Magnolia downtown, and it's uh, the the home sign, right? So you know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. And it's got the coordinates for the Blacksburg. Yeah. You know, on Your closing it. Closing gift on yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's um. You know that I kind of stole that idea. That's where I got it from. Yeah. But I mean that uh, that's hanging in our house. Yeah. You know the Blacksburg coordinates, and it says home on it. Yeah. So with a heart right there where the state of Virginia is. Yeah. I mean, you know, just uh, 
I don't know. I, I don't disagree with you. I think um, I think they need to stay stay in their lane. You know, <laughs> they need to. They, in my opinion, that's not something that they need to be deciding for the for the population. In my opinion, yeah. so maybe this gets somewhere. You know, I hope I hope we can get uh, you know some 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 people that have power in stopping things like this. I mean, I know the general assembly, see the thing, that's a, that's a funny thing about laws, isn't it? Is, is they can pass a law, but it doesn't mean it is right. It doesn't mean that it's correct. It doesn't mean it's not, uh, it's not actually against the law. The laws that they passed was actually against the law. Mm-hmm. If you, if you, if you think that the United States constitution means anything, they pass an unconstitutional law in my opinion. Yeah. That's a strong that's a good opinion. Point. That's a strong opinion. That's that's, that's yeah. a strong opinion for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. All right. What else we got here? You got any questions over there, Sky? Anybody engaging with us so far? Uh, not so far. Okay. So you had asked me earlier on about what 2021 was going to bring, and yeah. we kind of we got long in the tooth and digressed, sure, right? Sure. So I think I think 2021 is is. Um, is going to be a, a stronger purchase market from what our folks, our strategists are telling us. Um, if you read some of the information that you're seeing from Wall Street, the Mortgage Bankers Association, your real estate group, um, it's going to be a, it's going to continue to be a stronger inventory is going to continue to be, I think, a problem yeah. for a lot of places. Um, price points are going to continue to be a problem. COVID's not going to go away. Um, it's going to be here for a while. Yeah. Um, and um, and those individuals who are adversely affected as a result of COVID may or may not be able to get into the buying market, you know. But, you know, I've told people forever, um, our, our little kind of our little neck, right? You know, and that's that's the Pulaski, the Giles, the Christiansburg, the Blacksburg, Radford, our little market. Yeah. We're really somewhat insulated. We were insulated in 2008 and 2009. Yeah. We were insulated during COVID. Yeah. So, and the thing about it is, is if you look at it, I mean, you've got, what is it, four, five higher education locations, right? You yeah. got Tech, you got Radford, you got New River Community College, you got Roanoke College, you got Hollins College, you got Southwest Virginia Community College. All these places are within, you know, 45 miles of each other. Yeah. So what might happen on the West Coast with a downturn We'll have a little bit of a downturn, but we're always transient. We have people coming into the university system and leaving the yeah. university system. Yeah. So what Amy, in a, in a prior episode, what Amy Hudson had to say was the transient nature coming in is still possible, but keeping these people from flowing out, it they might consider staying here since it is such a little hidden gem mm-hmm. of an area, and they don't necessarily have to go to big metropolitan areas now. So we might actually see some growth of it all, which well, would be awesome. I mean, which is scary though because we have no we have no housing options. You know, you know. I'm telling you, you know that we've got what you know. I don't know. You tell me, Scott. There's what seven, eight builders that are bu- good yeah. builders yeah. in our the market. Big, the bigger names. The bigger names. Yeah. And I just don't think, kind of going back to what we talked about in the beginning, they just can't, I don't think they can keep up to the degree that they could, they want to. Yeah. Because they can't find those tradespeople to come in 
and do what needs to be done. They can't find framers. They can't find plumbers. They can't find electricians. Well, the problem is too is they're not. They can't. They can't profitably. They cannot profitably build a home for the entry level home buyer. Right. The entry level home buyer hasn't had a new product in this area in 15 years. I agree. You know, the 150 to 180 thousand dollar home that doesn't exist if it's if it's. newer than 10 years old well and see so that's where your industry working with our industry comes into play and i mentioned this because let's talk about the renovation products right yeah so if somebody can buy you know a property for 120 or 130 thousand dollars a 1400 1300 square foot house that's really dated there's government renovation products that mortgage companies can do there's conventional renovation products that mortgage companies can do where you can actually roll the cost of your renovations into the mortgage when you close. Yeah. So you still might have a 1960s or a 1970s constructed house, but now you got a 2021 upgraded home just that was built, you know, 60 years ago, 55 years ago. True. So, I mean, yeah. you know, and then when you've done that, more than likely, most of the time, the value of that property the day it's finished might be worth more than what you got in it yeah so yeah i mean and and, you know i am seeing uh the 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 new the newer homes being presented versus the older homes at the same price the older homes at the same price crush yeah so there's something to product cost for these builders too yeah with uh, whatever municipality red tape they got to go through that just puts them in an area that the first time entry level home buyer struggling. Yeah. I wish it wasn't that way. I wish, I wish there was some incentive that, that made that there was some grant or there's some, there's some way that we could get some entry level housing going in the new river Valley because it's, it's desperately needed. There's been several attempts to bring, um, low, pricing new construction into the markets and it's just it just hasn't been able to the happen. private sector can't can't make it no they can't build, they can't build a home for a loss yeah i mean they can't sell a house for a loss at this new construction that they build right yeah i mean they just can't do it you know i mean even in our most rural areas they're popping up at 350 yeah. you know all down in reiner and you know, what's supply and demand? Even in Shawsville, did you see that new development in Shawsville? Yeah, I think that's um, that's uh, like a, a that's a like shawl. That's yeah, a that, shawl that's going to be like uh, two hundred thousand starting. Yeah, I think one ninety maybe. Yeah, so that that it's, might be it's, what's it called between. It's like in uh, yeah, it's it's right there in the middle, right? You're yeah, going to Roanoke this way and you're coming back this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know that's encouraging, but you know. We're hoping that people will be accepting of that and like be willing to live down in that area because that is kind of a middle ground. It's kind of mm-hmm. off the. It's, that's on the. We'll call that the fringe. You mm-hmm. know, we like to get something not so much in the fringe that people actually want to be in those locations to have opportunities. Sure. You know. Um, anyway, I think that's a good show. Uh, I think we got a lot of. I think we got a lot out here. What's the runtime on this guy? Okay. Well, um, Dave, man, I really appreciate your time, and uh, we'll, we'll have you back. I hope you'll come as, as often as we'll invite you. Yeah, man. And, Absolutely. Um, you know, appreciate let me, it. Let me, uh, before we go, I've got to plug Dave. i gotta, I got to get to his website um, <laughs> and, and show you guys this website. Um, 
because if you are a real estate client of mine, you you will be headed this way. Um, so this is DaveShieler.com, Embrace Home Loans. You're going to go in here. You're going to hit the Apply Now option. You're going to submit your application. You're going to notate that you're working with me, and he'll get you shuffled up top the line. I, I, will, I, will, definitely, I will definitely do my, I'll do my best. <laughs> right on. All right, guys. Um, again, Dave Sheeler, Embrace Home Loans. Man, appreciate you being here. Thanks and, for having um, me. We're going to have some good shows coming up, so stay tuned, and we'll catch you guys next time.